Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 251, recorded on October 24th, 2019. On tonight's episode, we discuss the complete, utter lack of news for this week, save for a couple of game announcements. And we're going to talk about all the stuff we've been playing over the last couple of weeks. Jesse, cue that sweet, sweet music. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's October 24th, 2019, and this is episode 251 of Nintendo Dads. My name is Marty Estes, and want to thank you for hanging with us on this episode tonight. Joining me straight from the heart of the, the black hearts of Kansas City, Jesse Waldeck. How are you? Uh, I was good up until I was reminded why I don't like playing online games. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we, we did some Killer Queen Black an hour before we started show prep. And I, I after that first game, I just had to walk. I'm like, I, uh, nope, I need I need a break. <laughs> nope. At least you know when to, you know, when to power down. Yes. But yeah, no, like, that was you know, a big no. Like Kyle drinking <laughs> Monster and slamming your fist through the wall. No offense to any Kyles we have listening, like actual Kyles. But much but, uh, offense to people who throw fists in walls? Sure, sure. All the offense. <laughs> uh, yeah, we played a little bit of uh, Killer Queen Black before the show, and uh, that was some fun, fun times. Yeah, I don't know what... Th- that team is like gold medal team or something, because they had, they had, had some gold icons by all of their names. So it must be yeah. a team that coordinate. They literally... I, with a game start, they were going toward our berry patches and throwing them away. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? What kind of third level of defense is this for our killer turns? That's what it is. Uh, and joining us also this week, the brand newest member of the Nintendo Dads crew, straight from Michigan, not Minnesota. He's earned the right to live in his real state. <laughs> it's Tim Hall. How's it going, brother? I'm doing great, Dusty Estes. How's it going? <laughs> I'm just doing fine, Daddy over here, sitting back, fat and happy. Is it Dusty uh, Essos or Marty Rhodes, you know, or no, the both? No, well, he made an appearance on uh, on Twitter this week, so uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I like that. Well, it's more of a reply to their call out. Yeah, we well, you know, the thing was we had to shut him down. Because it's complete dumb. We, we can't let them. Even though they've already raised their entire uh, Extra Life, you know, goal before Extra Life even starts, we cannot let them have one iota of victory. <laughs> no false. You, you put you put the look, you put the uh, you put the foot on the neck and you press down. That's that's what you do. Uh, <laughs> but no, like seriously though, congrats to those guys for already raising. $2,000 for sick kids over at Extra Life. Uh, their stream is going to be amazing, and we're going to talk about later on in the show how we're going to be a part of Megadad's stream uh, to raise even more money, hopefully, and uh, also beat the ever-loving crap out of them, as it should be. Uh, but before we do that, let's dive into the brief, brief news that we have this week, shall we? Yeah, that's the music I wanted to hear. Tim, who brings us our news? 
7 Eleven? No. That's only uh, if Justin's on. Okay. Uh, Dairy Queen. <laughs> Not Dairy Queen, even though they have delicious ice cream. Wasn't it supposed to? Okay. Patreon. <laughs> yes. Yes. Our good, fine fo- flock of followers over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads bring us the news every week by going over there and, you know, even just for a dollar a month, um, supporting us. Somebody in the chat just, I had to stop. They almost, I, I almost cackled. I'm sorry. <laughs> it said one up box. Uh, wow. It has been a long time. <laughs> wow. That, that, that's, a, show. that's a throwback. That's like a couple of years. It's like three. Uh, but anyway, wow. Uh, but no, uh, all you guys over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo dads. Thank you so much for your support. We love you guys and we appreciate you so much. And we want to shout out some brand new patrons of the show this week, as well as some returning patrons. And so returning to the fold, uh, we want to say a huge thanks to Tech Mike and Brad Kaboski for jumping back in and being able to support us again. And also, brand new supporters of the show, Andrew Collette and Brian Reese. And Andrew, guys, has signed up at the Patreon producer level. And so, bravo, good sir. Bravo. And really, bravo to all of you. Thank you so much for your support. You make the show possible. You make things like streams and all kinds of other stuff go on. And uh, speaking of streams, Justin wouldn't get off the stream tonight, which is why the show's a little bit late. And yes, this is me throwing <laughs> him under the bus. Well, on the plus side, we started the show with more viewers than we've ever started before. That is true. That is true. And if we can like <laughs> do the bait and switch tactic every week, I think it'll work. But is it bait and switch if you tell them? Shut up, Jesse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Uh, let's talk about a couple of real quick news items. Um, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020 is releasing very, very soon. And it now has a demo in Europe. Not here. Uh, not anywhere else. Just Europe. And so if you have a European region uh, Nintendo Switch account, which is very easy to do on your Nintendo Switch, you can go on and go over there and download that demo and check it out. I've actually heard really good things about it. Yeah, I, I have no interest in the game. I've had not had any interest in these in these Olympic games since the first one on the Wii. But just because it's a demo, I probably will grab it and see what it's all about. Yeah, but I haven't done it yet. But uh, I'm I probably like they will. didn't hook me until the the like the eight bit, sixteen bit, you know, retro events. Yeah, I'm wondering. Guy. I'm wondering if those play like the old Konami track games. That'd be interesting to find out. Track and field and hypersports. I'm gonna have to uh, to download this and which check I, it I out. still want. I also, still want track and field guy in Smash. He's not happening. I promise, <laughs> it's not happening. That Maybe and Patricia Wagon. Oh, those those are my two. What, those are the two characters I'm rooting for. Is that the final Smash DLC character or the first one for the next round needs to be Waluigi successfully trapping track and field guy in the assist trophy bubble and stealing his invitation. <laughs> That's such a Waluigi move. That would be, come on. That would okay. be, that would be, be really awesome. good. Uh, also announced this week. Um, I'm excited about this. Uh, Persona five scramble, the Phantom Strikers, which is the persona, uh, Musu game that is coming out on Nintendo switch now has a release date. 
of February 2nd in Japan. Switch and PS4 version will be day and date, but unfortunately there's no word on when a release outside of Japan will be. Um, Jesse, if you're guessing, when are we going to see this stateside? Uh, normally, Persona games take a good year to, to localize. It probably won't take as long because it's probably, you know, I don't think it's going to be as story heavy as the the, the original Persona 5. So uh, I, I'd, I'd like to, I still would like to see, if we don't have a release by, but at least known release date by E3. I would bet we're going to get the release date at E3. Is that what you're saying, or maybe? I was thinking before E3, but I'd be okay with an, that being an E3 yeah. announcement. That would and be as long a as great announcement. Game, as long as the game just loops last surprise on on repeat through the entire thing, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, it's a I, fantastic song. I listen to that song in the car. Yeah, I, I, a lot of those Persona soundtracks are really fun. I, I am, I'm hooked on it. Like yeah. seriously, like, uh, Persona Five has a fantastic soundtrack. Yeah, I, I watched the the premiere stream. I think it was last night they showed it. I'm hoping they subtitle it and re, re, and release it so I can know what's actually being said. And I, they I could showed, just do that and not have to worry about dubbing over voices and stuff. Well, I'm sure they're going to have they're going to dub Speed voices for the end product. I just want to see. I just want to know what's in the trailer. Yeah. yeah, but I, I showed the the link to my of the trail of that trailer to my son, and who who likes that type of game? He likes the he played the Zelda game, he's played the Fire Emblem game, um, and he goes that game looks fun and sounds like he's interested in it. It can't be. I, I will say this: it can't be any worse than Fire Emblem Warriors. Fire Emblem Warriors was god awful. So he he liked. <laughs> I, it. I did not enjoy it one bit. Yeah, he liked uh, it. Where I mean, like. Hyrule Warriors, I loved, but there was just something about the the fireman. It just never grabbed me. Like it, I don't know. Just yeah. felt very bland. It I have a kind of I have a low tolerance of those games. I, I remember I played the Zelda game through, and then I tried playing the Dragon Quest one on PS4 when it launched, and I got like the first hour in, then kind of gave up on it, and then I replayed. Yeah. I started over earlier this year, and still never finished it. It got to a I got to a point in the end game where. It, is like grind or stop, and I chose to stop because yeah. there was other games I wanted to play. Yeah. Uh, one last news item we want to mention again. This has been a very sparse news week as far as you know Nintendo stuff. Uh, Aladdin and the Lion King Retro Edition set is coming to Best Buy December tenth, which means it will release almost almost two months later than the original release of the game. However, uh, this bundle includes an exclusive poster, a retro-style manual, and a Nintendo Switch cartridge with uh, the Aladdin and Lion King games. Also, alternatively, you can get these games in a real... Uh, well, not a real, because it's gold. Uh, and uh, uh, like a re-release version Super Nintendo cartridge for $100. That's in other over, words, you overkill. really like Lion King, <laughs> right? Or, right. or really like collectible games that you'll never actually play. Yeah, you know, I almost like I was thinking back today about <clears throat> they did this with Mega Man Two, and like a transparent NES cartridge 
you know, it was blue and I almost bought it. Like seriously, <laughs> like I almost bought it. And then I thought, how stupid is this? <laughs> well, not stupid. Let me rewind. It's not stupid. If you love it and you want to spend your money on it, I don't guess it's stupid. It would have been a dumb decision for me. It would not have been a good decision for me to to do that. It wouldn't, so, have, uh, it wouldn't have sat well next to your Transformers collection? No, it would not have. And if my wife had found out I had bought it, I, I would be sitting here right now and I would have no skin. It would just be like musculature and a skeleton. If the musculature <laughs> survived the nuclear blast of her wrath. Um, well, then you're ready for next week. Yeah. What's next week? <laughs> Halloween. That's true. That's true. Spooky, scary skeletons. Uh, it's yeah, a week from tonight. So we're recording yes. on Halloween. We are? I think so. We may need to talk about um, that. Unless, unless we reschedule. <laughs> we may need to talk about that. Uh, guys, you see, look, this is how we make the donuts around here. Um, one other <laughs> news item I want to mention, and that is, uh, it's it's a bit of news, but it's also a bit of community stuff. Uh, our extra live stream is coming up. Uh, and it is going to be November 7th through the 9th. And you're like, that's 48 hours. Yes, we know that. That's 48 hours for us to meet our goal. Uh, the first half of that stream, the first 24 hours, is going to be uh, me. And I'm going to be joined by my family at some point. And I'm going to be uh, playing all kinds of games Thursday night, this uh, September, um, September, Thursday night, November the 7th, starting at 6 p.m., with a pause to record the podcast that night and then continuing on until 6 p.m. the next day. When I'm done, Jesse's going to hop in and he is going Uncle Jesse's Jackbox Games Party is, is what he's going to do. And he's going to host some Jackbox games for you to play. And you can still donate to the stream, donate to the Nintendo Dads uh, team during that time. And then after he's done, Justin is going to take over for an additional 24 hours and he's going to continue uh, the stream and continue to raise money. Now, how can you help us out? Well, a few ways. All right. Number one, you can go to extra-life.org and search for Nintendo Dads. And our team will pop up and you can make a donation. Um, right now, our goal is 200 or I'm sorry, $2,222. Um, Tim, am I right on that? Yep, $2,222. My goal, personally, is to raise $2,000. So if you want to donate to me and help me get closer to that goal, that would be fantastic. You can already pre-donate, uh, and the money will be debited out of your account eventually uh, once the stream completes. Now, you may see on the Internet that Extra Life is going to be like November 2nd. It really is that day, but we can do it anytime we want to. And that date... It just does not work for me personally at all. Uh, and so we always go kind of a week later than the official date. But we're going to be playing some some different things. And we're going to announce tonight on the show uh, some goals that we have for the string. All right. And so I'm going to go ahead and announce tonight uh, the $1,500 goal, uh, which is brought to us by our good friends over at our Discord channel and our patrons, specifically Cat Janitor, all right? And so he came up with this. He suggested this, and he asked if it, if I made $1,500 uh, 
in the stream. Would I stream Diddy Kong Racing live? And I said yes. Now, if you're a new listener to the show, I don't know that there's a video game that I hate more than Diddy Kong Racing. It is a garbage fire rolling downhill covered in cat crap. And Ooh. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, boo me. That's fine. <laughs> I'll be the heel. All right. Yep. I hate Diddy Kong Racing. Do you, do you have the, the connections to stream an N64 game? Or? I do. Because Cat Janitor sent me the game and an HDMI converter for the Nintendo 64. So wow. I'm going to be able to stream the uh, the game. So look, guys, if you want to see me have to play Diddy Kong Racing, then you can go over right now to extra-life.org and donate right now. Every dollar gets me one step closer to having to play Monkey Cart 64 <laughs> and all his friends. And yes, the whole time I'm going to play it, I'm going to relentlessly trash it. And you may even hear me say at one time, wow, this is actually not as bad as I thought it was. Who knows what will happen? But there's going to be goals for $750, $1,000, $1,250, $1,500, $1,750, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500, $1,500,
if you have enough people you don't need me great if you if you need me then i'll i'll try to be available <laughs> yeah nice. awesome yeah I'll put you down apparently she's also so, wanting to stream it i'm like okay oh well, we ever already have some other people wanting to stream too so not a, we everyone can't stream at the same time <laughs> so one last time extra-live.org search for nintendo dads you'll see our team there you can donate to any member of the team uh, and help us reach our goal, and we'll be doing some. And then I will mention this too, and then we'll move on here because I just don't want to sit and harp on it. But part of our goals during that time, when we reach certain monetary totals, we will be giving away some prizes, um, and we'll be announcing on our Twitter over the next couple of weeks, uh, and really all of our social media will be announcing what those prizes will be. But I guarantee you, you're going to like them. Uh, we've been cooking up some really good stuff in the planning part of our Discord, which is secret. Ha ha ha. <laughs> I promise you're going to like it. Uh, Jesse, let's Hi. talk some events, please. All right, guys, told you news was going to be short. Tons of stuff going on, though, for events. Uh, number one we want to talk about is this weekend is the eighth Maximus Cup in Tetris 99, and it's a themed one. Luigi's Mansion 3 is the theme, uh, and you will receive that theme for any person who gets 100 points during Tetris uh, during uh, the, the Maximus Cup, and it's going on right now. That, what, that, what I mean by that is as you hear this episode, not if you're in the live stream, but if you're listening to this episode – on your podcast feed, it is live right now, and it goes through October 28th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. And so all guys, really, 10, 20 games, you can hop in there as long, you know, you get top 30 or above, you're going to have it really quick. And uh, I've seen a picture of the theme, and it looks awesome, yeah. and I'm hoping it, it has some sweet Luigi's Mansion music to go with it. I have all the themes so far. They usually take me about an hour, either... I suck so bad yeah. that the game's over in 30 seconds and I get one or two points or the game can last five or 10 minutes that I'll get 10 or 15 points. So the more you play, mm -hmm. the more points you'll get, but it all, I'll average out in about an hour of play. That's right. And so, you know, just a little bit of an, like an hour for, of work, you two can have a theme and, and let's, let, I want to reiterate this. Tetris 99 does have themes now. But none of the themes that have been offered in Maximus Cup have ever come back into the theme store. Correct. They probably will uh, eventually. Uh, but anyway. Uh, I have a feeling yeah. they may like rotate them in a second time and then at that point have them available to buy if you missed it. But yeah, but I'm just speculating. I have no idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> And also another uh, multiplayer game or mobile game, Mario Kart Tour has launched its new uh, tour featuring a Halloween event. Luigi, Halloween, Rosalina, King Boo, and Waluigi are now available in the game. Yes, finally, the number one character in Mario Kart is there, Waluigi. What? And he brought, and not only that, but he brought one of the best Mario Kart tracks along with him. Waluigi Pinball is now in the game. And uh, also Luigi's Mansion track from the DS is now in the game as well. And lots of new challenges and all kinds of other cool stuff are in. Uh, Tim, 
Are you still playing Mario Kart Tour? I have not played it. I have it on my phone still. I want to jump into it. Just haven't played it. I'm the only one. Because, Je- Jesse, you're not playing it, are you? Well, I I downloaded it just because I did a pre, the, the, the pre-purchase, quote-unquote, thing. But yeah. deleted, the, deleted it off my phone without even launching it. Because I'm, like, I'm like, I have no interest in this. Gotcha. I um, have been playing. I play at least like once a day. I, I sink a little time into it. And I'm only missing right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm only missing 18 drivers. And most of them are like the high level drivers. But uh, you How know, many drivers are I'm there? Play- uh, 40. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm hoping that, uh, I'll be able to, to get some more. Uh, I've got, I've got like, I've got five of the seven Cooper kids, um, all the babies except baby Luigi. What? Never mind. I'm that. Hey, <laughs> why in the world? Why are they put babies in? Babies can't drive cars. It's I mean, we can suspend belief enough that I can suspend belief enough that a sentient turtle can drive a car, but a baby, give me yep. a break. Yep. If a turtle can do it, a baby can do it. No, they can't. <laughs> yeah, I, my son and I have this argument all the time because Baby Mario is his is like his Mario Kart go to, and I'm like, I, I tell him, like Isaac, Mario Kart babies are garbage. They're taking away like the slots from other more well-deserving characters. Like make it a palette swap for Mario, right? Like you can be Mario or Baby Mario, and like we're, put put Wiggler back in, put Rob back in. I mean, come on. What you got against babies, Marty? <laughs> I don't. I don't have anything about. I don't have anything against real babies. I have ba- Baby Mario. Like there, there's five babies in this game. Ugh. People like their baby baby versions. I don't know why. But anyway. Uh <laughs> that is now live. It's free. It's free. You can go and, and you can play Mario Kart Tour. I, I still think this is the best mobile app Nintendo's released. I know we complained about it when it first came out, but like the fact that you can go in and there's no energy, you know, you don't have to wait to play, you can just play it as much as you want. To me that's that's fine. And yes. People are saying in the chat, it's good to hear that I'm okay with real babies. And yes, I no, I don't hate real babies. Okay. I've had two of them in my house. You know, yes, they're cute. They're fine. They just don't need to drive go karts uh, and take up roster slots. Um, Jesse, why don't you talk to us about this Pokemon go event? Because this is a brand new thing. Um, this is a, I think this is the first one of these a paid events. Yeah, I talked. I put out a video uh, last week, so I, so I talked about it a little bit. So we didn't spend time on during two fifty talking about it, but uh, I brought it up, bringing it up again, just because the the, the tickets are for sale now. So this is, for, you know, if you if you've played Pokemon Go, you know, you should they they have the the special. It, I forget what they call it, the, the special research where the end result is a Mew or Jirachi or something like that. So there's a new one that 
starts on November 2nd called Colossal Discovery, where the end result will be a Regigigas. And this is a paid event. If you, if you don't pay for it, you don't have access to it. It's $7.99 plus whatever local taxes are in your area to, to purchase a ticket. And when you do so, when the event starts, you'll receive a Unova Stone, a Sinnoh Stone, an exclusive Avatar Pose, and then up to 10 Raid Passes. But instead of giving you like like 10 premium passes like you would ordinarily buy, they, they dole it out as like the free one, the free daily pass, but you can get 10 of them in, in that day. So if you don't use them, you lose them because you can only store one at a time. The, the, the event itself will run from 11 to 7 on the, on the second. So the day, the day of uh, of the Mega Dads uh, yeah. thing. So I have to watch out. Splatfest. What, I have to watch out what times the split the Splatfest is and make sure I'm not playing Go at the, at, during this. But the so the event goes from eleven. Okay, so I can probably take a break from that. So this is the event goes from eleven to seven. If if you haven't have not completed. The event by seven, you can still finish it later, but it may be more difficult if you don't have access to all the raids. Um, and if you are still raiding after seven and you, have, you haven't used all ten of your passes, then again, you lose them. So you have to claim the, all ten passes before seven o'clock. And th- there's a, a related uh, event from the f- November 1st through the 4th. I think... 1 p.m. Pacific to 1 p.m. Pacific on those days. So for those three days, um, they're going to have uh, Regice, Registeel, and Regirock uh, out in raids. I think that you have to have at least one of each in order to f- finish the Regigigas event, but I don't know the full details and probably won't know until that day and when I see what the tasks are. So I guess I wanted to ask you all, what do you think of this being a paid event? Only would you participate if you were a Go player? Would you would would you buy or would, is that is the asking price too much or what what what's your thoughts? I think it depends on how many times they do this, these paid events. Right, right now this is the first one in three years, three or four. Yeah, but yeah. again, how like my my I guess. I think where where we see this leading is if it does well, you're obviously going to have more paid events. Right. And I don't just mean like more number paid events. I mean, more frequent paid events. Uh, And so I think they've got to be careful here. I think it's smart of them to do this because they've gotten, uh, you know, a three year user base. Right. Right. Um, and Pokemon Go is still making them money hand over fist, right? Yeah, in the last year, I think they've had they they've had more people playing since launch. Or, you know, like they 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 dropped users and then brought them back when they did the revamps of the gym battle gyms. Uh, PV, mm-hmm. Added PvP was and, was the was the fest in Chicago a paid event? Yes. Okay. But that was also so, geographically limited. So, right. you know. So, you know, so this and, is the first worldwide paid event. Yes. 
Okay. I mean, I just want to make that clear before we get um actually, right? Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, the people in Chicago were able to get Jirachi before everyone else. And so... Well, if you could connect. Because <laughs> didn't that go terribly? The first year, I think they did, they improved in the, the in subsequent years. Right. But yeah, I know, I know what, what are the, a few of the people in my rating group went to Chicago, got their Jirachi. So when they did the Jirachi event that's available for everybody, they basically just get bonus candies so they can power them up if they want, if they want to. Right. Well, my thing is I'm not going to play Pokemon go period. I'm not, I don't not, I mean, I don't like the game, but I get it. Like I get why it's popular. So I'm not going to crap all over it, but I'm not like, this is not going to entice me. Back to the game. There's really nothing that they could do. Right. I don't think unless they I mean if they if they had a Pikachu come out dressed like Waluigi, then if 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 Doug Bowser came to my house and said, If you play Pokemon Go for a month, we'll put we'll put Waluigi in Smash, then yes, I'll play it. <laughs> they do have but Pikachu dressed as a Mimikyu as part of the Halloween event. Yeah. That's and and really? Yes. So you've got a Mimikyu which is a ghost dressed like a fake Pikachu. It's and Inception. Then, it's Inception. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway uh, so Tim, what about you? Is this what do you think? Yeah, I, this sounds like something that if I was into Pokemon Go still, I would have done it. I would have paid for this. But to your point, Marty, it definitely would have I would have done this the first time, probably the second or third time. But then, if they kept going with it, then I probably would have been like, "Okay, I got to back off." You know, eight, you know, eight dollars a pop. Uh, but yeah, the, if I was still into it and probably really into it, I probably would have done the Chicago thing and all that stuff too. So I could see this totally being, you know, if you're into it, definitely buying it for eight dollars. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, obviously, I, I I still play Go. I talk about it a lot. Uh, I don't like travel. I don't like crowds. So I have not had any interest in going to, to Chicago. So the fact that this is my, basically my first spe- special event that I can participate in, I'm looking forward to it. I think $7.99 is probably a little steep for just being a one day thing. And the fact that I'm, <laughs> I paid two, I, I'm playing on two accounts. So I actually paid it twice. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing it the first time, depending on how, how it goes. It, on subsequent times, I'll have to weigh in whether I wanted to go through that again or not. We'll yeah. find out. We'll find out on the third how I felt about how the how the second went. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, hey, I just want to break in right here and say this. Uh, I want to send a big shout out to a good friend of the show, the Nintendo Guru, Bobby Pauls. He was on last week for episode two fifty. Uh, Bobby's in the hospital right now. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Uh oh. Is- kidney stones and is in a lot of pain and is hurting and so, so uh, you, you, you glitched out there can you repeat that kidney stones you said yeah he's got kidney stones in a lot of pain hurting this he, he last update was three hours ago he said they had they'd given him some pain meds and he was, wasn't hurting but um you know just uh thoughts and prayers and all that good vibes and stuff out to to bobby there uh, that sucks. Uh, and he's been having some problems there for about a week or so. and glad that they're finally getting that figured out. But, uh, uh, you guys definitely go over and check him out as well. Uh, from last week, check him out on episode two fifty if you didn't. Uh, but, um, also go over and check out his, uh, stuff over at his channel. 
uh, as well. Um, before guys, we move, before we move away from this, I just yeah. wanted to add that for people who didn't want to pay the money, so will not get the Rega Gigas through this event, they will be having Rega Gigas as the new EX target starting in late November. So oh, this okay. is just the chance to get it early. Wow. So I mean, that's that's actually pretty nice of them. Yeah, they could have. They could have squatted on this. Chance? Is there a greater chance of getting it if you pay, whereas you might not get it at all yeah. later on? Yeah. So with the event, as, as long if as long as you finish the event, it will be guaranteed. It'll be a guaranteed encounter and guaranteed catch. Where gotcha. okay, in order to get it through an X raid, you have to get invited to an X raid first of all. You can't just show up. Which we say you have to raid at a gym that's EX raid capable and just hope you get the invite. And then once you get the invite, do the event, there's still a chance that it could just always break away of the walls and eventually run away when you run out of balls. Mm. Okay. Cool deal. Well, that is all of our events for this week. Let's spend some time, and this will probably be the majority of our show this week, talking about what we've been playing. Tim, you, uh, your list here in the dock uh, is actually the shortest list, but you also have a game that overlaps with everyone else. So why don't you go first <laughs> and talk about the game that doesn't overlap? Sure. Um, I've actually, before we got started uh, with um, today, I was playing some Ghostbusters. Uh, I've been playing a little bit because we got a review code, and uh, thanks to them, of course, for giving us a review code, as always, and checking that out. Because actually, I've never played the Ghostbusters game that this has been remastered after. Um, I never got to play that game, and since it got remastered, I was interested, and when the code came up, uh, I jumped at the chance to check it out. So I've been playing that. It's been a lot of fun. Did the recording, and... uh, Hopefully to give my first impressions of it uh, in a in in a video shortly, but um, I'm enjoying it because as a Ghostbusters fan of all the movies, every single one of them, uh, and even all two of them. Well, August was three. That's right. Never mind. <laughs> I forgot about the third one. Yes, I'm a fan of all of them, and but for the first two, uh, the original uh, cast, of course. Uh, I had hoped for a trilogy, but we never got it. And this this game actually feels like that third movie we didn't get, but kind of is so far seems like a culmination of the first two movies into this one. Yeah, I think it was the story was written by uh, Ackroyd and Ramos. Yep, uh, it's so, written by so, the same guys. So yep. this is basically Ghostbusters three in video game form yes. instead of movie form. Yes, it was written by Dan Aykroyd and um, I, uh, Ramus, I think his name is, um, and uh, they even gave you know um, in honor of in his memory of you know since he passed away, um, and but they did they, they did the um, voice voices all the characters were in it and did the voices in the game, um, so it's. I haven't gotten very far in it. I've only gotten to maybe the second stage of the game where I'm in New York right now fighting against uh, the state puffed marshmallow man. Um, 
So, but it's, it's really, it's really fun. I'm enjoying it a lot. And like I said, I'll have a first impressions video up soon and it's perfect timing too, because obviously Halloween, uh, but I'm hoping to get more of that done. Um, now I know I only put Ghostbusters down, but I'm still playing a little bit here and there of the, um, dark side Two, dark siders two game. Um, I had to put it down though to play Ghostbusters some more so I could get a review of that going or an impressions of that going, but I'm still enjoying that game and I want to jump back into that game because of how much fun that is. Um, I can't say it enough. If, if you like a hack and slash type game, um, with a little bit of RPG elements, uh, it, that gate, that game reminds me a lot. And I've heard a lot of people talk about it, that it, it has some Zelda elements in it. But to me, it also has uh, God of War elements in it. And oh yeah, it's absolutely um, a, a clone of God of War. Yeah, I've always thought they were. Yes, and so I'm I'm enjoying that a lot, and I want to. I've always enjoyed God of War games, especially in handheld. When I had them on PSP, so I can't recommend that enough. And I know a couple of the other guys have mentioned that too in, in our Discord that they recommend it as well. When God of War three uh, came out on uh, the PS3. Uh, I got it and my son was very young and he would watch me play and he would grab long socks from the laundry pile and run around the house shaking them like Kratos's uh, <laughs> chain blades <laughs> nice. and screaming, got a war free, got a war free. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that that was, is awesome. Yeah, I reminded him of that today and he was embarrassed. Uh, so that's that's fine. So at least I'm not uh, the only one who embarrasses his son. Yeah, I put I put a picture of him in his, in his uh, costume as Link from ten years ago in Discord the other day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That no, there, there's no, there is no shame in that game. It is a dad's right to embarrass their kids. <laughs> it's what we get for all of the years of strife and hardship that we have raising those monsters. Um, <laughs> speaking of Halloween though, I'm glad you said that, uh, Tim, cause I want to, I want to mention this here since he's not on the show. Justin, uh, has had the wonderful opportunity to play Luigi's mansion. Uh, we actually got extremely early access to Luigi's mansion three for switch. And, uh, Justin has been playing it over the last week. And right now, uh, we have our preview uh, up for that on the YouTube channel. So Justin has done a preview of Luigi's Mansion 3, and our full review for that will go live on October the 28th. That's when the embargo is up. That's when we're allowed to talk about it. So I can't say anything about it other than go watch the preview video. He covers He's been busting he his can. butt over that. Yeah, he, he has. I mean, that's that's why he's not on the show tonight yep. is because he's working to finish Luigi's Mansion 3. Um, and I, like, I'm super jealous. <laughs> that we don't we there. don't get this opportunity often to review yeah. something early from Nintendo. Yeah. So. The last time that, that this happened was uh, we got we got Super Smash Brothers like a day early. And we got Mario Odyssey like a week early and Justin gave it an 11 out of 10, which it deserves. Everybody talks about the 11 out of 10. It's fine. There, uh, somebody asked in the chat, is there spoilers or will there be spoilers? No, there will be no spoilers 
that we know of, we are going to try to do uh, a uh, spoiler-free review, uh, but also work to give you a good impression of the game uh, as well. And that is actually by the time that you hear this, will or by the time you by this time next week, Luigi's Mansion Three will be out. And I'm super excited about that. Yeah. Like, I cannot wait to play this game. Luigi's no show where we're going to be playing Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, that's, that's why we're not recording next week. We're just playing Luigi's Mansion. Um, <laughs> let's take a minute here and talk about Tim's other game on his list that all three of us have been playing, uh, and that is Killer Queen Black, uh, which released a couple of weeks ago for Nintendo Switch. Uh, this is the home version of the arcade uh, competitive classic Killer Queen, which quite honestly, before Killer Queen Black came into development, I had never heard of, but apparently is super popular. And, yeah, uh, at the time, at the, the time, arcades. I've never heard, I've never heard of the arcade either. But I, I did have a chance to play it uh, earlier this year with a bunch of people from work, and it's if you're playing it with people that you know, it, it, it it's fun, you know, and it, yeah. and you're at the arcade. Yeah, you know, you're able you're able to see each other and yell at each other, just like you know, ten player right. couch co op. <laughs> well, yeah. this is um, so it is ten player in the arcade. Yeah, it's it's five v five with okay, so one one queen version, and four drones. Yeah, this home version is one queen and three drones, so it's uh, teams of four uh, competing against each other with three paths to victory. There's a military path, which is you kill the queen three times. There's an economic victory, which is you fill up all of your um, pods on your team's side with um, pod berries. berries. Uh, yeah, berries <laughs> or, or pollen, whatever you want to call it. And then there's also the snail victory, which is where one of your drones rides a snail uh, all the way past the uh, finish line on your side. Um, and I've been playing, we've played this for the past two weeks, um, before the show and it is a ton of fun. Um, Tim, how would you describe this game for people? Like if you were, if somebody asked you, how would you describe Killer Queen Black? Um, a little bit of joust. Okay. Um, and well, I would say it was I would say the basis is joust with uh, a bunch of guys probably got together drinking, saying, hey, wouldn't this be fun if this was multiplayer <laughs> and then <Yeah>. just <laughs> went crazy with it. So I, I definitely get the joust reference. Um, yes. The word that I the only way that I've been able to to like, I, I think, to like settle on something is arena combat. Is that because like you're in this map like a Dota, that's, but not that's one. It's one screen, and you can wrap around, you know, bottom to top, top to bottom, left to right, and kind of it like is just Mario game, Mario chaos. Bros. games. It's chaos, yeah. Because and, and really, like what I found in playing it is you can't concentrate on everybody else. You've got to be busy doing what you are doing, and it like you might just win by surprise, like. <laughs> There were a couple of times where, like, we we won tonight by crossing the finish line with the snail or did economic victory. And I was like, what the crap? How did that yeah. happen? 
I didn't even know because I was the queen. Right. And it's the queen. The queen's job is like I like playing the queen, but I don't because it's stressful because she's the only, unless you augment your drones and and like take a berry to the power up pod and turn into a a, a warrior uh, or something like that, then the queen's the only one who can attack. So the queen's responsible for attack, but attacking also leaves her open to being attacked by other drones or the the other queen. And if you lose the queen three times, the round's over. And if you're an upgraded drone, you can no longer carry berries, so that then limits your capacity in the economic victory. So there's a yes. bit checks and balances on every way of looking at this game. Yeah, it's like, I really hate saying that it's nigh on perfect, but it is. Like, it's one of the best online games I've ever played in my life. For, for games that are over in two minutes, you know, it's surprisingly sure. balanced. It's, it's well balanced. Yeah, and, and, and Jesse's fun. right. I mean, rounds last anywhere from two to five minutes. And it's a lot um, of, it was a lot of fun, too, because I came in late. I didn't get to play, but I was watching the game on um, – on Twitch because Justin was streaming it there and listening to you guys talk and, and stuff too. So it was, it was just hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Being able to, uh, to, to talk in discord over the, the, you know, the, the voice channel was, was a lifesaver. Uh, the only unfortunate thing that I can find about this game is uh, a couple of hangups that I have. And then maybe you guys have some, uh, or some more to say about it. number one, Figuring out how to get a bunch of people into a local, not a local multiplayer game, but a custom match where like last week you had like seven people on and we all wanted to play together. Trying to figure that out for the first time was awful. Yeah, it took right. us like a half an yeah. hour. Half, yeah, of our, half, of half of our play hour was eaten up just figuring out the interface. Yeah. Uh, and the the other thing in there that I don't like is that if somebody that you want to play with is in another party or they're in a match, you can't send them an invite that's waiting on them. Yeah. And the the way that you invite people to the game, it makes it look like you can only have a certain amount in there, at least graphically. The the interface does, but then you we only found shows four. Had, yeah, it only yeah. shows four, but you can actually add eight. The other thing I don't like about the game is if you're playing it locally on your TV at home, you can play eight player, but you have to have two switches to do it. Right. Mm. Okay. Only four people can play on each switch. So I you think can that, do. I think that may have to do with limitations of the, the number of controllers that a sw- single switch it, can handle. Right. I what I heard was. They limited it because they did not want people running away from the arcade version. That too. Because here's the deal. You can, you don't need, you you can play Smash 8-player, right? Oh, true. And you don't need all the buttons. Like, you don't need all of the buttons on the Joy-Con to play Killer Queen Black. The Queen, I think, is the most complicated. I didn't think of Smash. And she gets an attack button and can dive and gets a fly button. Yeah, I remember be- the same. I remember before the game launched where there were it was some uh, Twitter discussion about that it required two switches to play it and they were wondering well, how does how do, would that work if you do you need to have 
your team huddled around each switch? And I'm like, no, you can still have one switch on your big TV that all eight people can use. It's just, just you have to, to set up your you have to set up your squad on a different switch on the same network, and then watch yeah, the I, TV once during the actual gameplay. I still don't understand why that, why it has to be like that, but it is. Or you can uh, have the Capri set up where they have two TVs and two switches connected to their yeah, TVs. That's a sweet <laughs> setup. Uh, Sean and and Chelsea definitely. Yeah. Have. The, the sweet setup there. Uh, but anyway, Killer Queen Black, it's in the eShop. It's 20 bucks. Uh, it's definitely, you, if, if you're going to just try to play it by yourself, you are not going to get 20 bucks worth out of it. Okay? Now, you can go in and, like, find online matches and play and get matched up, but really the meat of it is, find, you know, getting your squad together and playing, just like any online game. you guys have any more thoughts about the game? I want to play some more. Let's play. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to be able to play again, but I, I don't want to play against internet randos that will just kick my butt in 10 seconds. Next exactly week, we'll, we'll say right on now on the show that probably not next week because it's Halloween, but the week after that, you know, the hour before getting ready to record the show, we're going to try to do Killer Queen Black from now on. All right. Um, or maybe this other game that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Um, Tim, any other, anything else you've been playing before we move on to Jesse? Go right ahead and move on. All right, Jesse. Talk to us about I'm, – I'm anxious to hear your review of this game, Little Town Hero. Okay. Because I'm yeah. interested in the game. Yeah, so we, we got an early copy of that. I did, like, the stream the first chapter, like, I don't remember when it was, but it was like a week before the launch. And I, I like and I, I liked what I played, and then I did eventually finish the game uh, shortly after after recording last week. When we recorded last week, I wasn't wasn't yet done. Uh, but it's um, basically someone asked me if it was a card like a card card game for combat, and my initial thought was no, but but but. And after I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, it is. It's a, it is a card game. It's just not using cards. It's using a stand-in for cards, but it can be played with a deck of cards exactly the same way. So if you, if you, you know, the, the gameplay itself is very similar to Magic the Gathering. The, the cards have a an energy cost, which would be equivalent to your uh, your mana costs in the Magic. They each they have an attack strength and uh, defense strength. So if the defense of the card, if it gets attacked by a card with with less attack, so it's not enough to destroy it, it'll just keep that card intact with the lower defense until it does reach zero. Then it then it's removed from the field. You can exactly like way magic you do magic works, and so and you're able to manipulate you know combinations to beat boost certain aspects of the, of the cards or, you know, be either in, improve the, the cards for you or lo- lower the cards for your opponent. Like, one of my favorite abilities near the end was called Hurricane, which does three damage to every opponent card. And, like, so during, during the final boss battle, you know, the, the, he has a lot of low-level cards. So, like, if he has 
five cards out there, and you, the most you can have at one time out on the field is five. So that all have defensive ones and twos, and I play that card, then they're all gone. And then he's defenseless for that turn. So, so ultimately, the so the, the, when you do a boss fight, you, know, you have three hearts, your opponent has three hearts, but they're shielded with so many additional points. They call it guts. So you have you're able to try to take away all your opponent's defense cards while you still have an attack card available at the end of the turn. Then you can attack the guts. And if the guts are down to zero and you do an attack, then you take away a heart. And then the the shield, the guts shield comes back and you repeat the process until you're able to finally win. So the boss fights can be long. It took me like a half an hour to do that first fight, and I think some of them took most of an hour. Like, and the, the cards in your deck are fixed; they don't change. But every d- during the boss fight is it's like on a playboard, like say Mario Party. And if if your friends, if you go onto the same square as one of your friends from the story is. They can give you a, a boost, or like to like you can have one of one of your energy costs turn to zero for that turn, or you're able to activate a gimmick like it would be a cannon on the board that you can fire and do damage to the opponent, or a chicken that has that does things. So each depending on where you are in the town will have a different set of gimmicks that have different sets of power ups. So each boss battle feels different, even though your deck never changes. And there's also like a skill tree where as you earn points from defeating bosses and other things, uh, doing other quests the game throws at you, you put put points into into the, the skill tree, which increases the, the numbers of your cards. So like... If one card starts with is add plus one zero to a random other card, you know, leveling it up two or three times might say, okay, when you, when you play it, it'll do plus two plus one. So it's sometimes it increases the numbers, sometimes it adds extra extra bonuses, and so it's definitely beneficial and damn near required by the end of the game in order to uh, have as many cards leveled up as you can to defeat the final boss. That boss, when I first played through it, I thought was really cheap because it was doing things that no one else had done previously in the game. But once I kind of stepped away from it for a day, came back to it and actually read all the, the, the details of what the enemy's cards were, then like, then I was able to come up with a strategy and how to tackle it. And it, it and that, actually that final boss actually is broken down into three parts where you can save the game be- between parts, but it's still one continuous fight. So you don't heal between parts. So, and the game actually gives you a hit, gives you an option to read a hint if you lose a boss battle. And this one says, if you aren't at the third stage and you don't, and you I mean, if you get to the third stage and you don't have two hearts left, you might as well start over because you're not going to do it. Uh, so, so, wow. but, so, 
once I had my new strategy down, I beat the first part without losing any hearts. I beat the second part with one heart down, and I was able to finish it. So then, at the very end, after the boss battle, there's just a little bit left you still have to do with the story, and it took me a day to figure out what I need to do, because it told me to go somewhere, and I thought I was going to where it told me to go, and it wasn't it. It was somewhere else that I've never had to go before. So it's so I'll, I won't I won't spoil all the, the, those details, but you know the story is relatively simple, yeah, you know, kind of predictable, but it, I, I still enjoyed it. There, there's occasional slowdown, like when you're kind of like th- think Breath of the Wild when you're in the forest. You know, if you're not moving the camera, it things are okay, but as soon as you start panning, it uh, you see a little slowdown. So that that happens quite a bit. So the camera, the game feels like it's fighting with you in the camera a little bit because it wants to try to avoid you looking wide out because when it does, that's when it takes the performance set. So it's, that's why the camera feels a little odd. But once you get used to the camera's limits and once you're, you're used to the town's layout and you don't have to look around all the time, then it's, it's fine. So I see, I saw a lot of people, a lot of reviews giving this, low marks. I don't know what they were expecting, but this game wasn't what they were expecting. I think they weren't expecting Magic the Gathering, the game. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I, I liked it. I had fun with it. And I'll probably... If this game is, is chugging like Zelda in the the forest region, it kind of makes me wonder what the performance for Pokemon Sword and Shield is going to be in Wild Area. Yeah, I imagine... I think the engine is probably very similar. It, you know, the but the, the slowdown you know is noticeable, but it's quick. It can have very it's similar to the slowdown you saw with transitions in Link's Awakening. You know, yeah, noticeable but not annoying. At least, well, and, and not to me at least. This is a twenty-five dollar game, right? So you're getting. I mean, I hate to say you're getting a twenty-five dollar development process, but I mean, yeah, I think I think that's part of the. I think that's part of the lower reviews because they're thinking, "Oh, this is Game Freak. They should know how to make a game because they make all, they've been making Pokemon games for twenty five years." I'm like, "Well, it doesn't mean that this is the same team, right?" And definitely a, little, a lower budget because they're selling it for only twenty five bucks. Sure, unless yeah, they knew did. they were just marching it out to die. Right. But yeah, again, I, I liked it. So if, if you liked uh, Steamroll Quest, I'd say give this one a go. Yeah, when you were doing the, the Twitch stream about it, I watched, when I watched you do that, it was, it was, uh, it, I think you sold me on it. This is one of those things I'll probably add to my, you know, Christmas wish list or something. So. I really thought that it was odd that Nintendo like had it in was it E three or somewhere it, it, and then like made a really big deal about it. It was first announced and then last year's E three. Yeah, it was last year's E yeah. three. And back it was just Project Town. And then we we they acted don't... like it was gonna be this huge thing and they barely talk about it and then all of a sudden they're like, Yeah, it's coming out this month. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know if the scope changed, okay. but you know it. 
and you know when during when they talked about it on the direct, they said you know you this isn't a great grand adventure. All everything is within the town. Now that's true. You never leave the town. Wow, that's actually a plot point. You know, you want to leave the town, but you are not able to. Gotcha. Wow, that's not a spoiler. Uh, that's the first two minutes of the game. Yeah. <laughs> so absolutely. So what else you been playing? Okay. Um, which one do I want to talk about first? Okay. Um, I heard about a game called Ant Hill. Someone on Twitter this morning uh, said, if, if you're waiting for Pikmin, give this game a try because, you know, you're, you're controlling little bugs. I'm like, okay. Yeah, the game is not Pikmin. Um, I'm not a fan of this game. It's kind of like an overhead strategy game. <sighs> Ever heard of Sim Ant? Mm-hmm. That's that what this reminds me of. You know, you have a perpendicular camera to the ground view and you see the anthill and you see, like, you might see, like, a small leaf of small bugs that, you know, you're, you're, you need to send drones out to, or worker, worker ants to, to collect them for food. It costs five food to make a worker. It costs ten food to make a, I forget the term they use, but they see a fighter, a fighter ant to, cause the workers won't defend themselves. They'll run away. So you need fighter ants to do the fighting of bigger animal, uh, from bigger, bigger creatures. And you, you have to draw paths starting at the anthill to where you want the, the patrol route to be for whether one, one color for the worker, another color for the, for the attackers. And you're supposed to like have enough attacking around where the workers will work to try to protect them. But when the workers, when the attackers kill another bug, it turns in, they turn into a carcass, which the workers can then also bring in for food in addition to what starts in the ground. So as you're moving there's a balance, which I haven't figured out and probably will never figure out because I don't think I'll put much more effort into the game. So as you you move your workers to collect the new carcasses from the previous fights, you then have to redirect where the fighters are going because you have to change where they have to protect. And that's, that's a lot of work for like a two-minute round that it's over before before you're ready for it to end, <laughs> and then it's like tower defense where they, they come in, the enemies come in waves. And you know, I'm not a fan. If if uh, I don't I don't know anyone who actually liked Simant, but if you like Simant, you might want to give us a look. It was a you know it's on the cheaper side. I think it was was this, was this a fifteen dollar game? No, I bought three games today. Two of them were fifteen. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, I'm ch- I'll, I'll check when I can. Okay, okay. I, another game. I came out last week and bought it last week, but didn't get a chance to start it until a few days ago. It was a uh, one night stand. It, w- it was mentioned in a direct. Uh, yeah, I've heard about this one s- several months ago. It's kind of visual novelty, and. It, like one playthrough is like maybe twenty or thirty minutes, and 
to to get to an ending. So it's you're able. You, and there's like twelve endings, right? Yeah, from what I understand. Yeah, I think I've found I've unlocked three so far. Okay. So you, so you basically you start off with the hangover of the century. You don't remember anything from the night before, and you you wake up in someone else's bedroom with someone else next to you that you like. I don't even know her name. Um, and so the, the the game gives you decisions of what you do and based on what decisions you make determine what ending you ultimately get. And like and then every you know, so like there'll be there'll be a you start off with your phone getting texts from your friend who you, you apparently abandoned in mid evening and you're not sure why you don't <coughs> excuse me <coughs> and but your phone's dying so you only have that the short opening sequence with your phone and after that you have no phone then she wakes up and leaves the room and when, when so when she's out of the room you have you're able to look around and interact with certain number of objects and to either you can choose between finding your clothes and getting out of there or <laughs> looking at or looking around trying to think of things you might be able to talk to her about and you're only able to interact with two things at a time before she comes back so then you're so you every so every play if you every time you start the game, if you interact with two di- different two objects, you'll have different options for what you can do, what you can talk about. So that's it, it, the game does. You know, while again, it's only twenty or thirty minutes for a single playthrough. It sounds like there's many way paths for this this thing can take. So, in my first playthrough, it sounds like the 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 girl was supposed to meet up with a guy. Who never showed up? Then you you met her, started talking, made her feel better, and then next you somebody apparently got a taxi, went to her place, and that's all. That's that's as, you only know this from her side of the story because you don't remember anything. But you you mentioned that you were with a friend named Gary, which she kind of has a reaction to. So and I I think Gary was the person she was supposed to meet. But abandoned his date to go out with me, so opening other paths and other playthroughs might reveal more information about that. And so it's a, uh, you know, so it's it's an it's an interesting little uh, story so far. I'm kind of curious to see where, uh, like, what path is. I think based on seeing some of the hints that some of these endings give you to try to lean towards to, to trigger them. Like one of them is like, like I tried leaving, but got caught because the door, the door was locked yet, you know, locked from the inside yet. I couldn't unlock it. I don't understand what was going on, but if I'm able <laughs> stumbled to stumbled with it, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. But if I'm able to leave without her noticing, that's, that's an ending that I haven't found yet. I got the caught ending. Yeah. Uh, there's, Apparently, there's an ending where things go well, and you you'll continue to actually see this person. 
I'm not sure yet how that happens, but yeah. So this is a game I'll, I'll, I'll come back to and see if I can get a few of the other endings. I'm liking it so far. Okay. Are these the type of games that you usually go for, Jesse? Is the story um, games or, or, you know, the choose your own adventure type things? Sometimes. I, I think that if there's something else about it that draws me, like in this case, the art style looked interesting. It okay. Kind of like pencil sketchy. And like even a, just her standing there in front of you is still animated with like three frames of animation to give it a little bit of wiggle. Right. So it's, you know, you, I'm sure you've seen the, what, what I'm talking about in other things, but it's hard. I'm not sure what the term is for that. But yeah, um, I, I, I don't normally like a lot of visual novels, but again, this one being on the shorter side helps for, for a okay. single playthrough. And so one night stand is what it was called. Right. So, yeah. um, shoot, I had another question for you too, and I lost it, <laughs> but yeah. All right. If I think of it, I'll, I'll chat it to you or something. Okay. And, uh, I have two more games. So these will go quick. One is OX logic puzzle. 1000 exclamation mark. It's actually very it's a fun I, title. I, I don't I don't remember if I talked about Tic Tac Letters a few weeks ago. I played the demo of that. Um, I didn't realize it at the time, but this is basically that, but from a different developer and a different, you know, a different sets of puzzles. So you, you basically eat, are told, like, like, you start off with a six by six grid and you're told each row has to have three X's and, and three O's. Each column has to have three X's and three O's. And, they give you a few start starting positions and the goal is fill it with the rules are you can't have three in a row of any letter and no two rows will can be identical. No new two columns can be identical. So it's, it's a logic game, uh, Picrossy like, um, I, when I played the demo of the other game a few weeks ago, I, I liked it, but I found myself needing to use the hint system more than I wanted to. So my initial thought was I didn't want to buy it. And then I, th I thought this was going to be something different. And when I bought it, and I'm like, oh, crap, it's the same thing. <laughs> so I've, I've been able to get, you know, I don't know how many puzzles are in the other game that I didn't buy, but this one has a thousand puzzles spread across I think four different difficulty levels. I've so far done like the first 10 puzzles in the easiest level. They normally, I've been able to do them in about a minute and a half to two and a half minutes on average. A few of them actually took about, you know, 50 seconds for me, but one of them I think took over four minutes. So it's, I'm not, you know, so since I bought it, this will be a game I'll go back to for a little bit, but it won't it probably won't be my first choice, you know, if I'm looking for thinking of a game to play. But if I need something, I can play for a little bit and then put down again, kind of like how I play my Picross games. You know, at least I know this is a game that's out there. So, and so it's a game I'll have to think about more, whether I think I like it or not. And then the last game, the game I've been looking forward to for a, a year came out today, Cat Quest 2. Yay, Cat Quest! 
I've only put maybe an hour <laughs> into it so far, but it, it seems to be more of the same. Uh, it's kind of the what makes this one different than the first is it's designed for co-op out of the box. So instead of you just being the cat, you are a cat and a dog. So you can break off toy cons and say, here, you be the dog, and you can all do your own thing relatively within the, within the screenshot. If you're playing single player, then the uh, the other, then the dog or is AI controlled, and you can switch roles. So, like, if you want to take control of the dog, you can. And so, basically, instead of one character that you have to, you know, skill up and are gear up, you have two characters that need geared up and leveling up. They all they seem to level up together anyway, but it's the gearing up that will take a little bit more thought because now you have to gear up two characters. So so far, I have one like my the cat I have set up as being more of a magic user, so I can do range attacks and the dog is more of a melee and he so he's more in your face and the, and the ai controlled character does a good job of, of of rolling away from attacks i don't think i've ever seen the the ai character die before me so <laughs> that's kind of a good sign um good. if if you if i haven't seen what happens if both uh characters are knocked out but if if like so if the cat knocks out that I'm in control of the dog and the cat will heal over time and if I'm standing in close proximity to to the the fallen character it'll get up faster but once once it, once it fills up its gauge to stand up then it's up but it still has low health so it's it's not like you know a 100% revival it's just uh stand up and get out of here thing so you're able to i so the one that's standing can help the fallen one get up faster and cat puns all all over the place i wouldn't expect anything less yeah like they actually see i, I put this on twitter they made a, a joke regarding a cucumber they <laughs> said nice by order Cats of cucumbers, yes. By order of King Lioner, all mages must be persecuted and tied to a cucumber. <laughs> and the I, important question, though, Jesse, is this: Can you pet the dog? Um, I don't think you can yet. I don't know. There are so there are you know there there are other cat and dog NPCs. I don't think I've been given the option to. Give or receive pets. <laughs> this is a bad game. <laughs> <laughs> unless no you consider, unless you consider petting a dog on the top of the head with your sword, petting. Mm. Bonk. <laughs> yeah, that's more of a bonk. <laughs> so you recommend this? Yeah, if you were if you like the first game, this is more of the same and more. So uh, I'm liking it so far, and I'll find I'm playing through this one. Cool. I don't remember how long the first game was, but I do remember. I think I was like in the level sixties or seventies at the end, so it, it it's not a short game. And so, so an hour in, I think I'm level eleven or twelve now. Yeah. And, I, and I've, I found dungeon entrances that are, tell me that I should be level seventeen. So I you know there's, and there, there seems to be more of a like a hub world. So 
what brings me to different islands. On, uh, so it's not just one big landmass; it's smaller islands. And you know, you start off on something really small, but the first major island is still a good size of area to traverse. I haven't seen everything yet in that first hour in that first island. But once, imagine once I finish what I'm doing in the first island, it'll I can go back to the hub world area and get access to the next island. Cool. Based on the iconography I'm seeing in the hub world, might be six or seven different islands like how, uh, that I'll have access to at the end. All right. Uh, I just want to talk about a couple of quick games here. I've been playing the uh, Jackbox Party Pack 6 which we got from our good friends over at Jackbox Games. Uh, and happy to report it is very good. Um, way better than Jackbox Party Pack 4. Uh, I felt really that that one had a few more stinkers in it than normal. Um, Jackbox Party Pack 5 had a couple of weird ones. Zeeple Dome, I'm looking at you. Uh, that just did not work out. But uh, this one was hyped up big because it was the return of Trivia Murder Party. And uh, Trivia Murder Party Part 2 is uh, a part of this party pack where the uh, murder party killer has taken over a hotel. And uh, it's basically Trivia Murder Party with a new coat of paint, new questions, and new challenges. Um, If you've played Trivia Murder Party... You know that at the end, even if you die during the game, you're a ghost. You can still get points. You can still answer questions. And at the end, you can steal somebody's body and ultimately win the game. It is exactly the same for this. Uh, but the presentation of it is just really cool. It's hilarious. Uh, and so if you like Trivia Murder Party, Murder Party, which I know lots and lots of people did from Jackbox Party Pack 3, then uh, you, this is worth the cost of the, the pack alone. Okay. Oh, nice. Um, the other games. I, I want to play this um, game. I haven't had a chance to yet. I was hoping. I was games, hoping. I was hoping to get some time in this weekend with it, but uh, I couldn't find any friends to come over. <laughs> right. Uh, the other games in the in the pack are role models, which is uh, a game where you actually take a seat of yourself. The game uses that. That's the first time that's ever happened in a Jackbox game. And you basically answer questions that then people vote on that give you a personality and, or it's kind of like a personality test. And as that um, happens, you know, you, you gain points if you're right about people. And if you're, you know, if you, the more right you are, the, the, the more points you get, it's, it's Okay. It's not the best, um, but it, it like we enjoyed it enough that we will definitely play that one again. Uh, I'm I'm gonna skip one in the lineup and I'll come back to it because it's like the least favorite one that I have, uh, and I'll talk about why. Uh, also on this is Dictionarium, which is uh, a game of making up definitions. And I thought this one was really good. Uh, you get a word that's just a made-up word. Like um, ours was Twilute. It was T-W-I-L-L-U-T-E. And so everybody makes up a definition for it. 
and then you vote on the definitions and you get points based on that. Then you use the the uh, the word in a sentence and everybody votes on that. And then you come up with a synonym for the word and you use that and everybody votes on that and it's the end of the game. And so it's if you're a wordy person like I am and like my wife is, like we like word games, then this one's really good. And she beat the mess out of us. Uh, in this game, uh, she had some really good stuff. Um, but there is a game in this party pack that I like better than any Jackbox game I've ever played. And I feel like it's a dark horse. Like, I feel like people, uh, are not gonna see this one, uh, and, and really get it until they play it and get how genius it is. But there is a game, uh, the last game of the pack called Push the Button. All right. The premise of the game is that you have been awakened from cryosleep on this spaceship that you're on, and a number of people in your group are aliens. And they're trying to round up all the humans and eject them from the ship so they can take it over, right? But what you're trying to do is you're trying to figure out who the aliens are. And the way that you do this is by putting people in your group through a series of tests. And it sends prompts to your phone, but the aliens get a weird prompt while the humans get the real prompt. And you you cannot talk during it, but you can talk at the end. Like, you don't reveal who you are, you know, so it's this hidden, hidden traitor game. And when you start learning it, after a few rounds, um, you know, you'll have all these answers and it keeps a logbook of it on your phone and you can go back and look at everybody's answers and see who you think the alien is. And at that time, you can push the button. And what the button does is that it allows you to accuse a member of the crew for being an alien and then they get segregated from everyone else. And then everyone votes on whether they think they're an alien or not. If it's unanimous, yes. And you don't get to vote if you're the one who pushes the button because that's pretty much your yes vote. If you, if, if it's unanimous vote, yes, you jettison that player. If you, you, and, and they fly out into space and they like, they're, they're unmasked, right? So it's either a human or an alien. When you're playing four player, it was me, my wife and my kids. And so there was one alien. So if you're right and you get the alien, you either continue the game or if you get the final alien, you win. But if it's wrong and it's a human, either you lose or you continue the game. Uh, but you can only push the button one time per player. So if you waste your button push and accuse somebody, they can use that against you and because you'll never get to make another accusation. And the way the game plays is each player takes a turn being the captain. And you have 12 minutes to figure out who the aliens are by putting them in these tests, like opinion tests or a drawing test or a writing test, different all kinds of things like that. It's super fun, and it gets loud and tense quick. It's, my, yeah. it's really my, yeah, I was my, gonna my say, favorite Jackbox game ever. I was going to say you do have a time limit on this, so if you do spend time... Going back and looking at the log of previous answers, you're burning your time. 
Yeah, you can, but you can also look at the log individually. Okay. Like, you know, you can you can look at it at any time on your phone. Okay. When you're not being like when you're not being quizzed, you the logbook is on your phone. Okay. See, I'm so I'm only I'm only going on what I've seen in the in yeah. the, the streams where it I, would be I only see the TV view, not the phone view. So okay. Right. It would be a riot to play with a large group of people. Uh, and I'm looking forward to getting that group of people. However, there is one rotten egg in the midst of this whole bunch. And it is uh, the last game, which is called Joke Boat. Yeah, I I did, didn't look. This one didn't look good to me when I saw it on the stream. What it is, is you're on a cruise talent show and you are in a comedy contest where you write jokes. And it is a big fat flop. It like it's not good. And it's one of those like, um, what was the name of the one in Jackbox Party Pack? I think it was five where you developed your own product and then you could like present it. I know what you're talking you, about. I don't remember the name. Yeah, patently Stupid. That was the name of it. Um, so you can write the jokes and then it gives you the opportunity to either have the game perform them or you perform them. And it just doesn't work. And maybe it was because we were playing with an 11-year-old and 12-year-old who can't write funny jokes. That's but probably... It, just, it <laughs> might be better if I was playing with friends and we... You know, but I just... I got a feel that it was... Yeah. It was ga- kind of the throwaway game of the pack. Games like that, everyone has to have the same, you know, linguistic capabilities and be okay with going above PG thirteen, that that's when the game starts getting funny. Yeah, but if you have to keep it to yeah. PG because you have a ten year old in the room, that's that that's not as fun for the yeah. adults. And so we we probably won't ever play that again. But I will say that for uh, Jackbox uh, for for a party pack for there to be four out of five games that I really love, then I'd, I'd say this is well worth your money. Um, and so that's out now. Um, it's definitely a lot less, uh, cringeworthy than the other party pack games they've put out recently. I'm looking at you, Monster King Monster. Um, that one (laughs) is banned from our house. Like my wife is like, I will not play that. It's creepy. Um, but anyway, that joke boat is just not good. Uh, I've also been playing Overwatch on the Switch and I know that this game has had, I think it's unfortunate that. Uh, this fantastic game finally launched on the Switch, but in the midst of all that Blizzard controversy crap, you know. Uh, but that still doesn't take away for me from the fact that it's an amazing game. Yes, it's three years old. Uh, I get it. But if you've ever played Overwatch, then you know what I'm talking about. It's a fantastic game. It's so balanced. The formula is great. It's a ton of fun. And I love the fact that I've got it like right there with me. I can pull it up, play a couple matches, and then put it away um, without having to take my uh, my system all over the place because I was playing on PS4 back in the day. Um, my only gripe with the game is, and I know some people have griped on like the, the the graphical capability of it and all kinds of stuff like that. I I don't even uh uh-uh. like I get it. It was going to be lower fidelity on the Switch. I knew that going in. I wanted it portable. I've always wanted Overwatch portable. Uh, my big gripe is, is I had a ton of exclusive skins and loot on the PS4, 
and I cannot move them over. I thought it was tied to my to my Blizzard account. It's not. It's tied to your system. Yeah, that's which nice. sucks. Because like I had some very high level legendary and rare skins yeah. that I want, and I think yeah. I should be able to have those. But I agree. Blizzard. My daughter has the same had the same on her PlayStation Four account. She was bummed that she couldn't use them on their Switch. Yeah, but I, I'm happy to report it plays fantastic, and you don't have to use Nintendo Voice Chat for it. It's in-game voice chat, just like Fortnite. So if you've got nice. something that plugs up to your Switch, like uh, the Steel Series Arctis Ones that Justin got this week, uh, you are ready to go, and uh, it is. It's a fantastic port. What I'm hoping it means, because the, the rumors are circulating that Blizzard's going to d- drop the first footage of Overwatch 2 at uh, BlizzCon. Uh, I'm hoping that this means that, you know, hey, we're going to we're playing friendly with Nintendo now. Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 will come to the Switch pretty soon. I, maybe not day and date, but, but pretty soon. Um and so I've, I've really enjoyed that's, it. And that's if it. they don't try to punch off another mobile game on everybody. Right. Because right. that worked well the last time. Uh, yeah, Overwatch they, Mobile. They, they need to not do that. <laughs> they're, they're not in a good place right now. They need to just do something good. Uh, and speaking of ports, the other game I've been playing is The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt on Nintendo Switch. And, uh, you know, got it. I actually forgot I ordered this game. <laughs> on Amazon and um, got the package. The The physical package is fantastic. I think it's the first or one of the first switch uh, physical copies to use the 32 gigabyte cart. So all of the DLC is here. It's like 16 DLCs or something like that. That's available uh, for this, like all kinds of different stuff. It's got the uh, blood and wine expansion and um, something stone. Um, and I expected to like it. I didn't expect it to love it, right? Because, like, I'm looking at the box. It's like, oh, yeah, 270 Game of the Year awards, blah, blah, blah. I get it. And everybody is freaking out because it's coming to the Switch. I love this game. It's so good. Uh, like, the, the care and craft that is put into this game is insane. I have never played a game this massive that has this many non-playable characters that have backstories and voice acting and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, Like I'm probably, I've probably played five or six hours since I got it. And I've done like the first major hunt, I guess. And it's just awesome. It, it, now it is rough around the edges and dad warning here. There's the F bomb and there's, nudity and there's all kinds of other stuff so you got like it's not a game you want to play when your kids are you know watching uh because you're beheading people and cutting them in half and doing all kinds of other stuff and you're killing monsters it's bloody it's gory but it's so well done right it's like every down to the controls there's there's just all kinds of depth to this game it has its own like mini game like of cards it is its own game into it unto itself. There's there's you know learning how to do alchemy and there's magic and y'all y'all like seriously, it's fantastic that this is on the Switch and I, I like it's one of those games 
But I think that, you know, people need to go out and buy it so that developers see that that type of game will do well on the Switch and like AAA games will do well on the Switch. It don't like maybe you've played it on another system. Just buy it just so the opportunity for other games to exist on the Switch will come. Right. And really, I think the, the, the sales have been pretty positive so far. But, uh, like, I did not expect to like it as much as I did, but it is, like, I find myself, like, again, it's it's kind of like I was saying about Overwatch. Like, I can take it with me, and I can dip into it, and I can do a couple of side quests, or I can get a little farther on the main quests that I'm doing, and then I can put it away when I need to. And so, brilliant. It's just brilliant. And I get why, I get all of the awards now. Well, not only because it's good, I think it should be supported too, because yes, company like, um, um, what was the company? And I just lost it. Um, CD Projekt. Yes. Thanks. So they took the time and care to get this to work on the Switch, but also the packaging to be able to put the whole game and all the DLC on one cart and then also put in a book and some, um, other stuff in, in the box. You know, all for was it sixty bucks for that game? Or they did, yeah. It was it, and and I was like, I know some people are like, "What's a port?" And it's been out so many years, and you know, it should be cheaper. No, this is a sixty dollar game. It, it deserves the price tag. It it earned the price tag. Yeah, Even, especially, well, especially the when they with putting it all in there to be able to go well, and buy the game. Edition, yeah, yeah, go and buy the game and put it in your Switch with. I don't know if it had any day one patches or anything like that, but um, it did have to download something. Uh, okay. But I think it was, I, I want to say it was very minor. It was like three gigs. Yeah. So I imagine you, you'd have to be able to plug it in for those people. It's not who like can't Mortal Kombat where there was, you know, 11 gigabytes on the cart and 21 gigs in right. a down. Yeah. It's, that's the type of reason why I, I'm, <laughs> hoping to be able to go out this weekend and go buy the physical edition of it. So, you know, because yeah. have of you how ever much played the game put... before? No. And that's another reason why I want to yeah, get well, it. Well, yeah, you were in for a treat. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Like so yeah. far, uh, I, I'm hooked. The story has got me. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's just fantastic. And, and, you know, I, 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 get, I had so many people recommend Skyrim to me back in the day and I never got into it. Like I did the Witcher. Um, and part of the reason I think too, is that like Skyrim just feels so massive and so empty. Um, like I was just prone to get lost and end up somewhere I didn't need to be because there's not a lot of direction yeah. where you need to go. Uh, the Witcher does help, but you can still get overwhelmed. Cause I mean, like the place I'm at right now, uh, there's a side quest I can do where there's a level nine enemy, um, like right down the road from where I was like, I passed it to get to the side quest and complete another quest. And the first time I was like, yeah, I'm just going to run up there and kill it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they did a number on me and I was done. Uh, but yeah, Witcher three totally recommended, uh, just not a, uh, not a family friendly game to put up on the big screen with the kids. All right. Uh, well, guys, let's move into our community spotlight. Real Actually, quick, hold on one second. Yeah, I have to do this. Otherwise, my kids will probably kill me. But I have to say another game I've been playing is actually Minecraft. And that's oh, because yeah. my kids w- wanted to play again. They've been 
they've been getting back into that and they brought me into their, uh, their little world or whatever. Um, and I've actually, every time I've done this before, I just kind of, you know, I kind of play hide and seek with them when, you know, before when we first were playing in Minecraft, I try to lose them and then go dig a hole somewhere and build something underground where they can't find me. <laughs> but recently I've actually had a lot of fun, more fun with it, where it kind of reminds me a little bit of how much fun I've had with Legos, but a digital version, you know, just be able to build something. And I built this like, I posted a picture of it, I think on Twitter, but uh, I was watching what my daughter was building and she was building this massive underground um started underground going into a above ground house and tree house and all that kind of stuff. And then I was building a tree house and it was just a lot of fun playing that with the kids and stuff. So I had to mention that because in case they listen, I didn't want to forget that, you know, yes, I was playing another game with my kids. <laughs> um, that's great, man. Um, I can't do Minecraft. I just can't. Like yeah. I tried Again, it's that it's that whole openness. It's just overwhelming. Yeah, where do you start? Type uh, of thing? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like like the problem I had with builders too, where I, I was when I was done with the story and I was only left with the the sandbox. I'm like, okay, I'm done because I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what I want right. to do now. Right. Or when I was talking with the Infendo people uh, last month, they wanted to get to the open world part but they had to go through the story first and I told them, I told them how long it took to go through the story they're like wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it's been a, when I actually had something in mind because I was like she told me she wanted to usually we did flat lands whenever we played but this time she said she wanted to do the terrain and the trees and all that kind of stuff and as soon as she said that I was like you know what I'm gonna try to build a tree house you know I'm gonna find a group of trees and see how I can build a tree house out of that and so I had a direction I had something a goal of trying to build something out of that and that's what made it fun for me yeah perfect uh let's jump into that community spotlight <laughs> And uh, as we get going here, we want to say a huge congratulations to Matthew W., who is our September 2019 eShop card winner. You just won $25 in eShop card credit straight from the dads right to you. How do you win them? You just be a patron. That's yes. it. That's it. That's it. Every month we randomly draw one patron's name and we give you we give you eShop stuff we give you credit why because we love you that's why <laughs> yes thanks for being part of the community uh and stay tuned because we're behind that means next week we'll draw first for october's <laughs> as well and we'll announce that we on next week's show yeah. as well yeah uh just in time <laughs> for luigi's mansion uh one email this week and some voicemails we'll get to those here in a minute but uh, this email comes from Turtle, T-R-T-L, and here's what he says. I've been listening to your show for about a year now. I work overnight, so it's always nice to have good content to listen to. So when your podcast hits, I know I'm in for a good night. Thanks for the laughs. I've always been a Nintendo fan. Love my NES and Game Boy. Still have many of my NES cartridges. Looking back, I remember giving games to friends never to see them again 
At the time, it wasn't a big deal, but now in this age of nostalgia, I miss those games. One in particular was Pinball Quest. In it, you guide the protagonist, a ball, through the castle to save the princess. It was a weird but fun game, and I regret letting it go. Are there any games you wish you held on to? Thanks again for the enjoyable show. Tim, we'll start with you. Any games you wish you'd held on to? Yes, I, I think I've mentioned this before, um, but it's the Metroid Prime Trilogy Steelbook one I had uh, for the Wii. I regret to this day having to sell that, but it was which is one of those things, you know, and kids just one of those things where we had to, you know, trade up to get the, the Wii U and that was part of the package. So <laughs> and right. I just wish I could have held on to that that one. So not okay. not not to sell later and I wish I could have held on to that now just, just so I could play that again. It. Yeah, exactly. Since it's never coming to the Switch. <laughs> Apparently not, yes. And no matter it's how ready many and times sitting I'm in a bin somewhere. Yes. So apparently it was ready, you know, two years ago, but whatever. Jesse, what about you? (laughs) Until they heard us predict it and said, oh, they predicted it. So we know to hold it back. (laughs) Jesse, any games you uh, you wish you had held on to? Uh, Well, most of my library ended up getting, you know, like lost in my parents' basement or, you know, thrown out if my kids got to it when they were really young. And so. Just, in gen- I just I can't think of anything specifically. Just in general, I just kind of wish I still had the collection I used to have. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be right there with you, and I'm gonna reveal uh, my secret shame here. Um, when I was I was an only child growing up, uh, and so I had a massive NES collection, a massive Super Nintendo collection. I also had a Sega Genesis with a Sega CD and a TurboGrafx-16. Wow. All of which ended up getting traded in for whatever was next. Ooh. And, yeah, I thought I was really smart doing that. Um, I even had the Turbo Express, which was the handheld TurboGrafx. Uh, and man, I'll just be honest with you. Looking back, I wish I still had all that because I would never get rid of it. I like now the, the me that is now, I would never get rid of that stuff. Um, and so I, you know, it was always, I'm done with the system. This console generation is over. I'm, I'm trading up. Uh, my first console was the NES. So I would always trade up to the next one. And I, I decided the last time I traded in a console or gave one away was the Wii. And I gave my Wii away uh, to my sister-in-law when she moved to Mexico to be a missionary uh, down there for a few years uh, because she thought she would be able to use it. And she did. Uh, but the only reason I gave it away was because I had the Wii U and I had all of my stuff on there. I still have my Wii U. I'm never getting rid of it. I'm I'm not going to get rid of it. Lesson. Um, like I could, you know, there's been a couple of times I'd be like, well, I could trade in my 3DS and I could get blank and a blank and blank. I'm not doing that because yeah. I'm going to keep it. And so my kind of going forward, we're not going to keep on 
trading in stuff. Right. But it's way too expensive now for me to go back and get what I used to have. Yeah. So I agree. You know, like that is that's my shame. Like I really wish I had all that I mean it would fill up boxes. You know. Well that lesson that we we all learned uh, that's the whole reason why I got the uh the Metroid three DS uh XL because um, I wanted to have a version of the 3DS that would play, you know, all the DS line of games that was just mine that right. I could break out when I wanted to, when I'm ready to go back to that. Cause I know there's going to be a point where I'm just going to be like, Oh, you know, those games I used to play in the DS or the 3DS or DSI or whatever. Um, and just, well, oh, and that's I'll have why it. I, can break I it now have a, Nintendo Classic and a Super Nintendo Classic, and they have the games on them yeah. that I want. All of the games that I want. Uh, I also went in and, and got a Genesis Mini, yep. and it pretty much has all the games in it that I want. And I have also pre-ordered the Turbo Graphics Mini that's coming out in uh, March of next year, and it I've I've looked at the game list for it, and it pretty much has all the games I want on it nice. as well. And so those are never leaving. I'm not right. getting rid of those. Uh, so, I mean, they'll eventually just break down, I guess. I don't play them that often, but it's cool to have them. I even got right? the PS1 classic. I'm sorry. But I, well, I bought it because I found out you could hack it, just like all this other stuff, too, you can hack. But I got the instructions for hacking this one so I can put all the PS1 games that I had that I liked that I can put on there. You know what the sad part about that is? That the PS1 Classic did so badly, there will never be a PS2 Classic. Yeah. Unless they unless they learn unless from they're it nuts. and decide to try it again. And be like, okay, we learned from the PS1. No, they'll what just... Not do. The PS, well, history the PS... has shown that Sony does not learn from their bad decisions, and that's why you'll be spending a thousand bucks on the PS5 when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the PS1 had some games... Played in 50 hertz, right? Like the, the yeah, I, I did hear that. Yes. So and modding it, you can force it into NTFS to play in standard speed. Yes, and, yeah. it's just, and that was a that was a cluster from the beginning. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Yep. But that's um, the only reason why but, I bought. It. Well, not the only reason I was able to get it for 25 bucks, obviously, but also because uh, I got the instructions to be able to hack it and everything. So yeah. is a pretty good price uh, for that since it was a steaming pile when it came out. Uh, Jesse, we have some voicemails and uh, disclaimer before we play these. uh, They're a little weird. Yeah. Well, the the first one is one that we should have played last week, but I didn't see it until after recording. So it's it's a 250. Actually, I'll, we'll play the first two first, then I'll then I'll talk about the third one. Okay. Hey, it's not that. It's me, Michael uh, Dragon One Hundred One. Um, I know I probably said it a thousand times to you guys again, but I want to say thank you for having a great podcast. Congratulations on two hundred fifty episodes at the same time, five years. I cannot believe you guys have been around for that long. Um. I don't know how long I have to speak here, but I do want to say thank you for everything. Um, thank you for the giving me something to watch tonight, and uh, hopefully, um, I have 
and thank you for everything, and I hope for like, a better um, few couple uh, hundred more episodes. Thank you. Awesome. Yes. Thank you for that. And he wrote in last week too. And uh, we're we're very thankful for our fans. And yeah, definitely be a hundred more episodes, at least. I mean, come on. Who do you I'm think we him. are? I'm with him on that one. <laughs> right. Now, I All actually right. don't remember what the who the second one's from or what's what it's about. So I'll just play it. Hey, Dad. Warren G. Acres here. Just got a question for you. Now that summer is over, or almost over, technically, I guess. Do you put salt on your watermelon, or do you not? Personally, I think it's definitely one to add to that. Thanks. Okay. We actually got this in, like, early October, but again, I uh, Google no longer texts me when we get voicemails like they used to, so, oh, so this one completely slipped my radar. I missed the email when it came in. Uh, they still email out, but I don't see always see the emails. So yeah, this was from like three weeks ago. Okay, so Jesse, salt on your watermelon? Um, no, I've never had salt on my watermelon. Of course, now I don't even eat watermelon because of the sugar content. Yeah, doesn't uh, does is not compatible with my diet. But yeah, when I did okay. eat watermelon, no, I did not salt it. Tim, salt on your watermelon? Never heard of it, but I'm willing to try it. Yeah, it's a thing. Uh, I don't eat watermelon. I imagine it's original. Thing. I think that the I think that watermelon flavored anything, even watermelon, is disgusting. Yeah, my wife <laughs> would agree like with you on that. Smell of watermelon. My wife would agree with you on that. <laughs> yep, she hates my, that. My wife feels that way about bananas. Okay. Banana smell, banana flavor. Banana. See, that's the thing I miss the most. I think since going on this diet is no bananas because I love bananas. I, I would make smoothies and put a banana in there, and but I, you know, I can't. I can't do that. Well, it's it, at <laughs> least you're you're still bananas. <laughs> you know. All right. Yeah, I mean, that, look, we will answer questions like that. We do, we're not afraid. Yeah. We're not afraid. Now we're watermelon dads. Um, uh, and <laughs> thanks for I'm that. I'm willing question, to try man. it. I'm willing to try Tim's it. Tim's going to try it, and he's going to make a video of it. It's <laughs> so like I'm going to make that <laughs> impossible I can find a video. My kids keep reminding me of that too, because I told yeah. them about the not, impossible. Not exactly in season. Right. I told my kids about the impossible Whopper thing. They're like, "When are you going to eat it, Dad? When yeah. are you going to eat it? Are you going to go get one today?" And I'm like, "I don't know, because I hate Burger King. Burger King's crappy. Sounds like uh, an extra life <laughs> skit. It, yeah." <laughs> trying the impossible whopper. I asked my son, I was like, you going to eat it? He's like, heck no. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> chat, um, chat, chat asks sugar on tomatoes. No, I've never heard of that. I, 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 don't I, tomatoes. I, I grew up where we grew our own tomatoes and uh, my, my, my mom would put sugar on them. So yeah, I, I don't do okay. it. I wouldn't do it anymore, but uh, definitely I did when I was a kid. Yeah, one that so one that kind of you just reminded me of is my great grandma off showed me putting sugar on coleslaw. That's and new. I, never, I never heard that before either, but she did it. I and but I never tried it either. So just, I just thought that was Ooh. interesting. It's like she put sugar on coleslaw. I just uh, found that interesting. Yeah, well, <laughs> let me let me get you hit you with a real southern one. Some people down here put butter on crackers. 
Oh yeah, we do, we do that. And you know too. what? It's really good, but it's yeah. also really terrible for you. It's, it's like um, cholesterol in your in your hand. That's the be- that's the grandma thing that my mom does for my kids whenever they're over and they want a snack. My mom is like, butter up some what? crackers. You want some crackers with butter on it? And they love that. They they love it. Awesome. Uh, so Jesse, this last voicemail. Okay. This so uh, this one, I think we we got voicemail bombed again because I woke up one morning and I saw like seven voicemails, but they're most of them were just one word, and the, and the way they organized, and it, it was from seven different numbers because I, I get the the. The, the Annie of the number when they, when they, they send it. So they did not only, they did it in order of like they wanted, me, I imagine they wanted me to, to concatenate them all together as one message. And that's what I did. So you'll hear what that sounds like, but they sent it to me in order. So to make a sentence. Okay. Hello, Nintendo dad. This is Polybius. Question for you this week. What is your favorite video game? (laughs) You know, I don't even think that's weird. I think it's awesome. Somebody (laughs) called in that many times. No, no, not the same person. This is, you know, different people organized in a way to ask the question in order. One word at a time. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's cool. Okay. So what is your favorite video game, Jesse? Uh, my my normal answer to that is Final Fantasy VI, but lately I feel like I don't really have a favorite anymore. It's, I, I, it's just games that I like and games that I don't like, and normally whatever the last game I liked or didn't like is what's on the top of that list. Okay. It's a good answer. That's fair, Tim. <laughs> uh um come back to me. <laughs> okay. I mean yeah. like as soon as that that, that all question got answered, answered yeah. Mega Man two? <laughs> yes. Castlevania and 4? Super Mario Brothers three. <laughs> uh those two games I call my comfort games. And what I mean by that is like, you know, there's comfort food and there's comfort like there's, you know, like you feel comfortable and warm and cozy and safe and protected under a blanket, your favorite blanket or your favorite chair or whatever. Those are those are my favorite chair. That's my that's my comfort food. If I want to play a game, but maybe just turn my mind off for a while and just play something for just sheer fun without, you know, having to think about it. Maybe I've had a bad day. Uh, those are my go-to games. I'm going to I'm going to put on one of those two games uh, and go for it. But now my favorite, like I have a top five, like favorite games, and those two are in it, and Undertale is in it. Uh, and that's like, I can't think of a game like recently that I have loved as much as Undertale and that's why it like it went in that list. Uh but I would say Final Fantasy two, which would be four, is also in that list. 
Um, I that, do love. Six. I've been wanting to replay that one lately. I do love six, but like Final Fantasy two for Super Nintendo was like the very first role playing game that I ever made it all the way through, and so it will like it'll always hold a special place in my heart, it, and it like made me love the Final Fantasy series. So, and and like I, I two very specifically like it was. It was a game that I was playing along with friends. Like we weren't playing the same cart at the same time, you know, like all together, but we were all playing it at our houses together and we would come to school and we would talk about it and talk about our theories and everything. And I, right. yeah. Yeah. So that was, it was a really cool time right around the, the release of that. So those, yeah, those four games are, are top tier games for me. Tim. You're on the chopping block, man. No more hesitation. Yeah, I have kind of like similar things where it's like this this game means this to me. So it's in the top five, I would say, or this one. But I would say, you know, if I'm just going to say one, I'm going to say probably Metroid Prime. Because for me, um, you know, I I like the... Um, Game Boy ones, because I started off with that actually. I didn't play the first Metroid. That didn't get me going on Metroid. I didn't play Super Metroid because I didn't even know about that game when I had a Super Nintendo. Um, so I didn't get into Metroid games until like Game Boy Advance, you know, with the Zero Mission and Fusion and all that. So when I got into those, that opened it up to prime. And then when I played prime, that just was like, that blew my mind. Um, and then I liked it even more. So when they did the trilogy revamped it for the Wii and as gimmicky as it was for some people, for me, I liked being able to have the controller and being able to move Samus's armor or cannon with, you know, with the controllers. So just that whole experience for me for prime, I would say, that first game was is probably if not number one at least in the top five i would say to call out that one now nostalgia purposes i would say probably linked to the past because that was my first game i ever beat because again super nintendo um and it i think uh even i beat that even before super mario world even though super mario world came with the super nintendo <laughs> so but I would probably say Link to the Past would probably be, again, if not number one, at least top five. That's a great list. It's a great list. Here's what I would uh, love for our listeners to do. Uh, I want you to tweet us when you hear this. Tweet us, my favorite video game is blank. All right? My favorite video game is blank. Tell us what your favorite game is. Uh, as you've heard ours, uh, what's your go-to game? What's your comfort game? Um, and we would love to hear those over on our social media. Tag us on Instagram, on Facebook, on on Twitter, wherever. Uh, hit us up and tell us what your favorite game is. Another question that came in in our live chat as we're recording the show, uh, Messmaker asks, since next week is Halloween, do you guys have a favorite horror game? Mine would probably be Eternal Darkness on the GameCube. That is a fantastic game, uh, and I would agree with that. But mine is uh, Castlevania 4. Super Castlevania 4 will always be my favorite scary game or spooky game, whatever you want to call it. Um, but also, 
I remember the the only Resident Evil game I've ever played was Resident Evil 2 on the Nintendo 64. Finished it, beat it, loved it, and it was scary. But nice. Super Castlevania 4 will always be my number one. Jesse, you have a favorite scary game? Um, no, I normally nope that genre. I've never yeah. played Resident Evil. I've never played Silent Hill. I've never played any of that stuff. I don't, don't want to. I don't like watching scary movies. I gotcha. That's, that's, that's not my thing. Gotcha. Tim, you have a favorite spooky game? Or yes. spooky game, I guess? So, again, I was very limited on the Super Nintendo games I could play. So, I d- was not aware of Castlevania 4, or, or at least if I was, I didn't, I wasn't able to get it. So, um, I didn't start getting into Castlevania games until GBA ga- days. So, I got like, uh, um, what was it? Dawn of Sorrow or something like that, or Circle of the Moon, some one of those games for the for the advance, and then really got into it at the beginning with the DS as well. So those Castlevania games for me were great. But a game that I uh, a horror game or at least a scary game, I think at the time I think it would have been um, would have been. And I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it was for the PS One. Uh, it was a visual novel type of game i think almost kind of like a mist game like tower d or something like that i know what you're about to say yeah i I can't remember the exact title i think it was was it for the nes no it was it was for the playstation one it was a playstation one game i thought um, you were going to talk about shadowgate for the uh for the nes oh no no, this was this was for the PS One. It was a it was a game that's uh, like either Tower D or something D. Um, I have to look it up, but um, yeah, it was a, it was pretty creepy to me um, when I played it on there, and I, but I enjoyed it. It was it was first type of game that type of first time I played that type of game on, was on that uh, PS One. So okay, so I'll look it up and see. Which what that title was? I got gotcha. you, Shadow Tower. I tried. No, I tried to look it up, but I remember playing Shadowgate on a friend's uh, NES, and it giving me the heebie-jeebies. Um, I mean, was it was it was kind of spooky. Um, in the uh, in the chat, somebody uh, is saying zombies ate my neighbors. Uh, that is a cult classic, and everybody should play Zombies Ain't My Neighbors at least once. Uh, the original roguelike, by the way, uh, fight me on that if you don't think so. Uh, Andrew Collette says this in the chat. What about things that aren't scary, but you were scared of them for whatever reason as a kid? I don't know why, but the black fuzzies on the wires in Super Mario World creep me out as a three-year-old. Oh, yeah. Oh, my- yeah. Holy crap, he was playing that game as a three-year-old. I was 12. <laughs> yeah. I, I won't I tell did, you how old I was. I did find the game title. It was actually just D. And <laughs> that's the name of it. It was D. D is a horror-themed interactive movie and adventure game developed by Warp and directed by Kenji Eno. And it was first published by Panasonic for 3DO Interactive Multiplayer in 1995 and later being ported to Sega Saturn, PlayStation, and MS-DOS. 
<laughs> 3DO, you know it's called. Oh, wow. Hey, and it, who can who can uh forget Night Trap? That game was scary. Oh yeah, that there that's my number one scary movie scary game right there. Yes, Night Trap. <laughs> uh have you played the remake by the way or the re-release on Switch? Uh uh-uh. uh I was actually thinking about buying it digitally because I can't find it physical anymore. Yeah. Um yeah. but well uh in a week my favorite scary game will be Luigi's Mansion 3. So yes. Uh there you go. Well, guys, that about wraps us up for episode 251. We want to thank you for hanging out with us, whether you're listening on podcast uh, audio or on watching along on Twitch or YouTube. Uh, as we close up here, we do want to remind you of a couple of important things. Number one, we have our Luigi's Mansion 3 preview live right now on our YouTube channel. So you can head over there, youtube.com backslash Nintendo Dads and check out Justin's initial thoughts on Luigi's Mansion 3. And the uh, full uh, review will be up on Monday, as well as other media outlets. But don't go to them. Come to us first. Come to the dads. You can trust the dads. We're like a small business. Why go get a biscuit from McDonald's when you can get a biscuit from Grandma and the food truck down the road, right? (laughs) We are Grandpa and the food truck down the road. But we're going to tell you about Luigi's Mansion instead of giving you a biscuit. Uh, and so, anyway, check that out on Monday. Also, be sure to head over to extra-life.org. Search for Nintendo Dads and go ahead and make your donation to make sure that we destroy the Mega Dads again for the third or fourth year in a row when it comes to Extra Life. And be sure to tune in November 2nd at 1 p.m. Central for the epic Nintendo Dads versus Mega Dads, Splatoon, Splatfest, Showdown, and then November 7th through the 9th for our own extra live stream hosted by me and Jesse and Justin. It's going to be fantastic. And guess what? Here this weekend, we're going to release the, uh, or at least I'm going to release the list of games I'm going to be playing for Extra Life. And we're going to be talking about some sweet prizes you can win by donating as well. So we want to say a huge thanks to our Patreon producers, Chris Mears, Dave Ernsberger, and Andrew Collette. You can join them over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, where for even as little as a dollar a month, you can get access to our sweet Discord and other rewards. And we want to thank you for supporting us, each and every one of you. But those guys are Patreon producers, and we're thankful for them as well. You can head over to nintendodads.org, where you can see our YouTube videos, tweets, podcast episodes, links to all of our social media, our Patreon page, and Nintendo Dad's merch page, where right now, if you are one of those early adopters and you have that iPhone 11, guess what? Now there's Nintendo Dad's cases for the iPhone 11 and up, thanks to Redbubble over there. So you can go check that out at nintendodads.org, or you can find us in most places on social media simply by searching Nintendo Dad's, like Patreon, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, guess what? Just type in Nintendo Dads and boom, we're there. Jesse has awesome Joy-Cons. Tim has Star Wars heads. I don't know what's going on anymore. You can email us at nintendodads at gmail.com or podcast at nintendodads.org. Both of those will get you access to having a question or comment on the show. Or, like all of the weirdos who left us chopped up voicemails this week, you can call in at (laughs) 929-25-N-DADS 
That's 929-256-3237 for all of your voicemail needs. I want to say big thanks to OC Remix for the music used throughout the show and Adam Leonard and Carter Johnson for all of their sweet artwork for us. Guys, for me, for Jesse and Tim, this has been episode 251 of Nintendo Dads. Bye-bye. Nintendo Dads. Maple syrup mousses.